Let's continue the message I began last Sunday. Living in your divine purpose. And this Sunday, this, today I'm going to speak about hindrances to, some of those hindrances to walking in God's purposes. And then next Sunday, I'll speak about now directing you of how you can walk in uh, those purposes. Some of the things that you can do uh, on a day-to-day -day life in walking divine purposes. But today I'm speaking about hindrances to walking God's purposes. And fussy hindrance is a pursuit of earthly possessions more than the will of God. Pursuit or pursuing earthly possessions more than the will of God. Now that's a big one. That's a big one. People pursue, I'm talking about believers, I'm talking about the world, I'm not talking about the world, I'm talking about the body of Christ. You are a member of Christ. If you're born again, if you're not born again, it's an opportunity for you to be born again today. But it's pursuit of earthly possessions. One of the hindrances to walking God's purpose is pursuit of earthly possessions more than the will of God. Let's go to Mark chapter 10, verse 17. You can read it in your own time. Mark 10. I'll do some few scriptures there. And Mark 10 says, uh, now in verse 17, now as he was going out, talking about Jesus on the road, one came running, knelt before him, and asked him, good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good, but one that is God. You know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. And he answered and said to him, Teacher, all these things I've kept from my youth. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, One thing you lack. Go your way, sell whatever you have and give to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven and come, take up the cross. And look at this. And take up the cross and follow me. Mark those two words. And follow me. Take up your cross and follow me. What do you do? First is go your way, sell whatever you have and give to the poor and we'll have a treasure in heaven and come take up the cross and follow me. Now a religious person will think that Jesus hates possessions. That's religion. In fact, prior to that, you see that Jesus looking at him, loved him. Loved him. He was a rich young ruler. So his God is not against wealth. God is against wealth having you. It's not against wealth. So he loved the man. And a person, a religious person say, oh yeah, we not, we're not supposed to have so much possession. What will a Christian do with money? Give it to me if you don't know what to do with it. I'll show you what to do with the money. But, but look at this. It's, it's, uh, whatever you go your way sell, what was he having, or what did he have in mind? Much more than he could have thought. Because he uses the word follow me, I'm going to show you in a, in a while of what that follow me is used in several other places. Let's go to Mark chapter 4. Oh yeah, let's see. No, no, sorry, before then. Then he says this, but he's, he was sad at this word. He was sad at this word and went away sorrowful because he, has, he had what? Great possessions 
and uh, I'm not adding this, but this is the Davis uh, uh, translation. He had he had great possessions, or he great possessions had him. They had him. They possessed him <laughs> because he couldn't follow Jesus because of what of having great possessions. And then let's go to Mark four. Mark four. Did I finish that? Really, the points. Oh, no, no, no. Let's let's make let's continue verse twenty three. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, "How hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God." And the disciples were astonished at his words. I like seeing it in this manner. The disciples were astonished at his words. You see, if, if they were poor, they could not have been astonished at his words. In fact, they could have said amen. Hey, I tell you, read the scriptures. Just point on the scriptures. Just don't read it. The shallow part of it. They were astonished. You know, if, if, if they are so broke, and the disciples, when he, they heard that, could have said, Amen, Jesus. We knew that. But listen to this. They were astonished. And he said, children, he had to say to them, uh, he answered again and said to them, children, how, how hard it is for those who do what? Trust in riches. Trust in riches. So nothing wrong with riches, but trusting in riches is what is wrong. That will cost your God-given purposes. People who won't follow the Lord because first, they, they are religious. They think like, if I follow the Lord, I'm going to be broke. Not so. We don't look broke, do we? We don't. <laughs> and you'll never, had, you'll never hear that word out of my, my mouth even when I, 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 I was in a slum, I was living in a slum. I wouldn't say I'm broke. No. So then he says, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And they were greatly astonished, saying among themselves, themselves, who then can be saved? I won't go into that. Would you please read in your own time? Let's go to Mark 4, 18, 19, again to show you about the pursuit of earthly possessions can be such a hindrance to walking in God's purposes or doing the will of God. In Mark 4, 18 to 19, the... the the parable of the sower says, the Amplified Version says this, and others are the ones on whom seed was sown among the thorns. These are the ones who have heard the word, but the worries and cares of the world. What is that? The distractions of this age and its worldly pleasures. There are people who substitute the will of God for worldly pleasures. I want to enjoy life. Oh, really? Life is in Christ. He came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. So there is no real life enjoyment of life outside Christ. So they, he had, they say that there are distractions of this age with his worldly pleasures and their deceitfulness. And listen to this. And the false security or glamour of wealth or fame. How many people? I want to be famous. In what? The world spirit. So people will say, no, I'm not going to pursue the Lord. John Lennon died many years ago, I think in the 60s or 70s. Uh, those are 
big household names then in the, the rock music, uh, people like uh, the Beatles. But John Lennon was uh, known to have said that we are becoming more famous than, G than Jesus. And it didn't take long, we were shot dead. Famous people will come quickly and go. The word of God says, for your life is like a vapor. God forever. I told you last week, why would I not serve the Lord with my life for this, even if I'm going to live here for 100 or 120 years, it's a short time compared to eternity. Why shouldn't I offer my life for the service of God because of the eternity that I have, he has in store for me. God is just, he's a rewarder. And I'm going to show you some things much later about his reward system. I am so thankful to God. I live in peace. I really am so thankful. So, so thankful that I have peace. That's what I looked for for many years. But I, I found peace. I remember the first time God speaking to me on 21st of, of uh, June 1996, uh, five days after I gave my life to Christ. And I thought, this is what I've been looking for. I thought I was enjoying life before then. I mean, alcoholism is not enjoying life. It's death. Come on now, it's death. But, but he says that the false security of glamour, of wealth, of fame. How many famous people do you know that that have come and gone. Wealthy people. I've gone to facilities of people that are known to be so wealthy in this, in this nation. And you find that the children are fighting for those properties. But what about if they worked, they served the Lord, the children will never have been fighting. If they really serve the Lord. And they knew what to do. Man, I've gone to those properties and some of them is like they're being eaten up by moths. And those people had a big name before. Listen, the fame of men is temporary compared to the eternal purposes of God. However famous you'll be, I'd rather be famous for Christ. Hey, men have come and left. Hitler thought he was famous. He thought he was going to change the world. He changed, but he lost his soul. And he turned and said, oh, pastor, how do you know? I know the word, what, what the word of God says. So firm. And the passion desires for all the other things creep in and choke out the word and it, become, it becomes unfruitful. And First Timothy 6, 10, the passion translation is so good in that. Remember, I'm emphasizing the, the, the pursuit of earthly possession more than the will of God. I hear people, even believers, I'm looking for money. I can use Xwaili word for such a person, Paulus Anna. I'm looking for money. I don't. I will never look for money. That's my attitude. I had the same when I lived in Islam. I seek the kingdom. Seek ye the kingdom and his righteousness. And all these other things shall be added to you. Again, this morning I was, I was standing by the, by the window. In, 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 the, in the morning. And I saw those small birds outside. 
the kitchen window, uh, actually, kitchen window. And I saw birds outside. And I thought, they're eating. I don't know what they are finding in, in, on the cabro. But they, look, they looked happy. Huh? Their feathers were smooth. They don't have to wash clothes. Economy is not changing their, their, their attitude. They're not aggressive everywhere they go. They're just a school and just eating. I thought, man, that's cool. But thank God I'm not created in the image of a bird. Created in the image of God. How much more, church? Of how we ought to trust our Father to help us on a daily basis. I'm looking for money. Cease. Stop. I'll say some things there uh, in a moment. Just to add on that statement. First Timothy 6, 10, the, the Passion Translation say, loving man is the first step toward all kinds of trouble. Let's say it. Just that first statement. Loving money is the first step toward all kinds of trouble. Listen to this. Some people run after it so much that they have given up their faith. You see that? They give up their faith because of money. How many times have you had, oh, that brother was so powerful and intercessor until he got some few money? If there is few money or little money. And then what happened? The brother is no longer intercessor. Money took away his prayer. It wasn't money. It's the love of it. It's the love of it. Isn't it wonderful to pray when you have plenty? Because you pray more for people. Are you all here in August, on August 20th, or you just left? <laughs> it's wonderful to pray when you have plenty. I mean, I, 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 come on, I, I have been, I've been hungry. And you know, when you're believing God to eat, it's much better now I don't have to believe God to eat. I have to believe God of not what to eat. <laughs> That's a difference. I mean, it feels better that way. I've really, I have to believe God of not what to eat. That's wonderful, place to be. All of it re requires faith. Because your belly can become your God. Oh, thank you for your enthusiasm, but it's the truth. That, that's wonderful. I, I thank God. That's why people say like, oh, the fuel prices are high. I thank God. Let them go high. I believe God. It's better than to believe for bus fare. I believe God to come for this church, to the church. Walking from Dandora, phase four, all the way to Kasaran, go to church. And during a rain season, with you know shoes uh, which are worn out, they had holes right down there. I remember those shoes that bought them in installments at 200 shillings. Installments. And then only later on to buy them and realize that they had been dyed. They used to be, you know, like brownish and then they had been bent black. I mean, that, that's... And then right here in between the, you know, the hills inside part, because I think grabbing a little bit, they start now changing color. I realized I bought these books, in, uh, these shoes in installments, and then they had been dyed black. I tell Tina, I'm thinking like, what am I going to wear? What am I going to wear? That's a problem of having more than five clothes. If you have two, you don't have to think. <laughs> Before you shower, you know. <laughs> you know where you're headed to. But listen, all of them require faith. But I'd rather live being in faith and pursuing God than things possessing me. Because that attitude 
I can give it away without even thinking. I don't have to think. I've got to say, I saw it. I can give it without even thinking. Now look at this then. Uh, loving money is a root of all evil. Some people run after it so much that they have given up their faith. Are you seeing that? What is faith? It requires faith to walk in God's purposes. But people give up their faith because of the love of money. Craving more money pushes them away from the faith into error, compounding misery in their lives. I have met, I have sat down with frustrated rich people because they don't know Christ. I have sat and met, sat down and talked to the believers. Some who used to be believers, but they pursued possessions and how empty they are. Money follows purpose. And this brings contentment. Money follows purpose. For if you find your purpose, you pursue that in God, you'll have money, you'll have provision. But what does it bring? Contentment. And you, you be a steward of it. You can give it anytime. You can give it. Money, money without a divine purpose is full of turmoil. It becomes a God. In Matthew 6, 24, it says, no one can serve two masters. Say no one. Don't ever try. No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate one, the one and love the other, or else he'll be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Or you cannot serve God and money. It's a God of mammon. He's a lousy God. Money is a lousy God with a small g. I may come back to a certain scripture, but because of time. So that's the first one. The second one is lack of proper priorities. So the first one is they are, they're pursuing earthly possession that they do God. And then the second one is lack of proper priorities. That's critical, church, for, for us to be able to do the will of God. Proper priorities. His purposes for our lives should be fast. His purposes for our lives should be fast. Anything that comes before God is an idol. It is a God in your life. His purposes in, his, in your life and my life should be fast. And anything that comes before him is an idol. It's a God in yours and my life. And God is a jealous God. He tells the children of Israel in Exodus 20 verse 3, you shall have, uh, speaking through Moses, you shall have no other gods before me. And then in Exodus 34 verse 14 says, For you shall worship, for you shall worship no other God, for the Lord whose name is Jealous. He's a jealous God. Oh, I hear believers nowadays and even teachers of the Bible say, that is all covenant. Oh, did he change? The covenant changed, the approach changed, but God has never changed. He's never changed. He's the same God. He's a jealous God. He'll have no other God in, uh, before him. So when, when 
his purposes are not fast in, in your life, then that becomes a God and not the God Almighty. So the point, second point is lack of proper priority. Let's go to Luke 9, Luke 9, verse 56 and 60 to 62. Now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. <laughs> what people say, I will follow you. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Then he said to another, follow me. I see that verse 59, follow me. But he said to, he said, Lord, let me, mark what follows next, fast. Go and bury my father. Fast. Who did he put? He put the funeral before the call. Oh, come on. Is it not clear? The funeral before the call. Now listen to what I'm going to say. The spirit of a pastor. And you have to listen to the Holy Spirit. Don't be a person who wants to travel for every funeral. Listen to me carefully, church. I've seen of recent years many people die. In road accidents. Because they don't listen to the Holy Spirit. God didn't call you to bury everyone. Oh, I know you're, uh, you're quiet. Because uh, I'm trading upon traditions. Especially African traditions. Every funeral you want to go. Who told you you are funeral barrier of bodies? Who gave you that command? Now, don't start saying that pastor taught that we will not be attending funerals. Now you're in error. Listen, this is my point here. Listen to the Lord. Ask him. And a certain young man recently from my home area, recently, young man, died having come from the funeral. Died on the spot. Oh, man. I looked, checked out uh, the photos of the family and thought, man, Oh, God. Oh, that really touched my heart. A very young man. Listen, church, than ever before, than ever, 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 ever before, you have to listen to the Holy Spirit, not how many people are doing what you think you should be doing. Than ever before, church, ask the Holy Spirit. Let me first go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. <laughs> that brings offense to so many people. But you go and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I'll follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. But Jesus said to him, listen to this, no one, no one, Having put his hand to the plow and looking back his feet for the kingdom of God. The, to serve in the kingdom is a commitment. I hear people that I need a break for how many, uh, for, for two years. To go where? How long can you go for a vacation? And how long? Can you go for a vacation? 
will rest in heaven. That's why they put R.I.P. on a person. On a person. Now that I'm saying that you rest on earth, you understand that. But listen to this. Hey, the kingdom of God should be our priority. Church, it should be. It comes fast in whatever we do. Listen again, Matthew 4, 18. Remember the words that I told you to remember? Which ones? Huh? Follow me. Thank you, Farida. Um, uh, I wish I had some candies over here to give to you. Follow me. Follow me. Now listen to this. Matthew 4, 18. Let's start from verse 17, please. From the... From that time, Jesus began to preach and say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then he goes on to verse 18. And Jesus walking by the sea of Galilee said, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew's brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Look what follows next. Then he said to them, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And what follows next? Can you go verse 20, please? They what? They what? They immediately left their nets and followed him. They prioritized the call. What about the other one? Remember the rich young ruler? Jesus said, go sell all that you have and give to the poor and then come and do what? Follow me. Maybe, maybe he was going to be a replacement of Judas Iscariot. We don't know. Maybe, but it's the same one, the same words that Jesus used for his apostles when he was calling them. So that was a high calling. But the guy went away because he had great possessions. But look at this other, the, the Simon and his brother. Immediately they had that call. He said this, he left. What about the others that you've just read in, in that Luke chapter 9? He said, let me first go and bury. Oh, I remember when I gave my life to Christ, I was 23 and then I started preaching, and I went back back my home area, and, and there's a, a woman there. They looked to the standard of our village. They looked wealthy. The standard of our village. Now, it depends on the standard of your village. But that's the standard of our village. The standard of our village, we didn't have electricity. The standard of our village, we didn't have a TV. The standard of our village, if you didn't have, you know, the, the, uh, the hurricane lamp, you know that? You know the, if you had a hurricane lamp, you are just like the others. But you, if you had the one that you put pressure, you understand that? You're prosperous. That's the standard of my village. Now, I don't know where you grew up, but I'm telling you of my village. Now, look at this there. Then she told me this. And she asked me, so, Davis, what do you do? I said, I preach. What? Why? That's what I'm, I believe God has called me to preach. Say, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> You are, you, you are, you, this, that's something wrong there. And it was in a, in, a, in a shop. She said this. Davis, this is what people do. You work and retire. Then after retirement, you start preaching. She told me that. Now she's teaching me. And then she said this. She, she, I said, no, 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 that's not what I'm going. Do you know people are there who knew me? And to the standard of my village, I was educated. 
So they say all these others who are educated, you know, or, and you get educated and then you go preach. Why? And then she said this. Then she asked me this. Who will you marry? What will you eat? How will your life be? I told her this. I remember that. It was a, it was an, uh, it was a statement of faith. Observe my life compared to others in this village. It will be different. And truly it is. It is. They call me pastor even in my village. <laughs> you know if you are called pastor in your village, you are doing good. <laughs> You've changed. You, you understand? If villagers, your villagers call you pastor, your neighbors, you are doing good. You've changed. If you haven't changed, they will not call you. I've even some ladies from my village, they're here. Now, if, if people from your village come and be in your church and you pastor them, you've changed. That's a change. So I have some villagers who attend this church and they call me pastor. They knew me, some, you know, some of them when I was growing up. Now that's a person who has changed. I became a new creation. But listen to this, that woman's priority was wrong. She thought, and many religious people think, that serving God equals to live, living in poverty. I will never be poor. Not in serving God. Not so. Listen, listen. To, to, so the word that he used was what? Follow me. Then they immediately, they immediately followed him. Now, that is amazing. Look at this, what follows next, verse 21. Going on from there, he saw two, two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, John his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. He called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. They left even the father. Father said, my sons, where are you going? <laughs> We're following the preacher. <laughs> We're following the preacher. My sons, where are you going? You're leaving the company. We are following the preacher. I was watching, I stumbled it last evening, I was watching uh, Apostle Kimani, it's called Hukimani of Nakuru. But they, I think they were celebrating 20 years of his ministry. And they were showing, uh, Tina and I found it actually last evening having dinner. They were showing him, him you know, their, their young people who are acting out when he left the ministry. I mean, he left the job. I think he was working one of the police forces. And, but he left that to go and serve the Lord. And I think, I think he comes from Olkalao, and he was called by, uh, by God to go to Nakuru. And the wife said, at least you could have gone to Olkalao. <laughs> but now you are going even to the city. Who knows you? And he was a young man, definitely. But what has happened in his life? They had nothing. They had nothing. Listen, you may not be a preacher, but in the areas of your call, you have to make him Fast. Your job does not come before God. In fact, I don't like calling it even a job. I like calling it an assignment. Ask God, why are you looking for a job anywhere? What do you mean? Where? How can you shoot anywhere? Anywhere that I'll work, all I want is money. That's a problem. You don't have a focus. Can you imagine, who, who do you want to marry? Anyone who can accept me. <laughs> That's terrible. But they're, they're believers. What believers will live that way? What does that mean? They have no purpose. 
Purpose brings in focus. Focus. Ukiamua ni yule ni yule tu. Yondo taoa tu. No, just kidding. But, but, but you understand that it's focus. It's focus. You're pursuing God. You want to do the will of God. I'm a strong believer. Now you can think different. That's fine. But I can show you from the word of God. I believe members of Christ are not called to go anywhere to a church. That's not God. They don't have any pastor. They've never submitted themselves to any pastor. They go anywhere. Where do you go? Or anywhere I find a church. Now we have church members coming from Ongata, we have church members coming from Dika, we have church members coming from different places. Why is that so? It's a law of placement. The law of placement follows purpose. When you are out of place, you can, you'll never fulfill God's purpose for your life. Tell people, if this is your church, stay here. If you are complaining about everything, look for the, the pastor who needs you to pass, or who, who, who should pastor you. But if this is your church, do everything. Bring in your tithes by faith. Sow your seeds by faith. Pray for pastor. Be available. <laughs> Don't badmouth it. Did you hear what I said? Don't badmouth it. Don't eat me for dinner. <laughs> but if this is your church, really, stay in. Have the attitude. If that's my call. That's the place of my calling. That's where I'm called to worship. That's where I'm called to serve God. And listen to this. You can go to other places, but you have to be grounded. You have to have a place. Placement follows purpose. If there's no place, placement, you can't have purpose. Get a fish out of water. If a fish is out of water, it goes to the frying pan. So listen to this. If it's out of its place, it's dead. If you're out of place as a member of the body of Christ, you die. You may be walking, but you're spiritually dead because you're not being fed as you should. Now that's the heart of the great shepherd. It's not popular, but it's the truth. Follow me, he said. So the first one I said is uh, hindrances to working God's purposes, pursuit of earthly possessions more than the will of God. Second one is lack of proper priorities. And the third one, the, uh, the unwillingness to pay the price. I'm going a little bit fast. Unwillingness to pay the price. I have good news for you. Following the Lord will cost you. Following the Lord will cost you, church. Will cost you. You'll be despised. The first question I had from my, uh, after I gave my life to Christ, my, my dad asked me, Davis, are you okay? 
He was concerned, are you really okay? Is everything okay? As, as, is there anything that is frustrating you? I said, no, Dad. I've given my life to Christ. I'm going to follow the Lord. Now, what follows this? I remember <laughs> I was staying with my, aunt, my, my cousin, my first cousin. God has called me into the ministry. So I stayed with him for some time. And I, I went back home and it had been reported that Davis is not looking for a job. All what he's doing is preaching. When I heard that, now, this was me, how God called me. God spoke to me clearly. And he told me, because I was looking for a job. I wanted to work, to work in a bank. And he told me that that's not where I've called you. Stay in my house. That's where your blessings are. In fact, years, uh, two years or so later when I went to the Bible school, we're being encouraged as Bible school students just to make sure that we get a job. Because you're in the Bible school does not mean that you should not take a job. But I thought that's not my instruction. I already had from the Lord. He told me not to get another job. He told me he's called me into full-time ministry. So don't say like I'm going to leave my job and follow Pastor Davis. I didn't tell you that. You better ask the Lord what he's called you to do. You understand that? Sometimes that's why you have, you know, all kind of people rising up and you realize, where did that come from? I left a job. I had a message of pastor. Then I left my job. If God didn't tell you, you'll starve. You understand? So anyway, so I had my auntie say that uh, I don't do anything in Nairobi. I just go preach. And then I was depending on, it, on her son. I thought, that's good. I left. Left going where? Not knowing like Abraham. <laughs> Not knowing. Serious, I remember that, that the following day I went to Kibira in uh, your light at Ngumo, and then you go down, you cross the rail. I think, is that? Oh, I'm forgetting which Kibira that is. But I was going to look for, for not a house, a room for 200 shillings a month. That was 1997, 200 shillings a month. Can I give you good news? I didn't know where those 200 shillings were going to come from. That 200 shillings was going to come from. I didn't know that. But I went and had a cream trouser, well ironed and black shoes. I alighted at Gumo. I started going down towards the slum. It had rained. It was muddy. I looked at my trouser. I thought, oh God, I'm going to stay here. I went in. I was told, come, come later so that you can, uh, by a certain relative, come later so that you can, we can get, a, a, by then I should have gotten you a room. I, 200 shillings, remember, it's not, a, uh, there's no, con what you call, concrete or floor, so it's muddy. You know, so that's good for praying at that time. Then a certain brother had gone, uh, I went back that evening and a, a, a certain brother used I used to pray with, ask me, oh, have you been today? I said, I went to Kibera. Doing what? Looking for a room. Why do you want to go live in Kibera? I don't have money. I have to stay alone. If God has called me, which I know he has, he'll provide. He told me, uh, brother, you have made such an impact in my life. You are not going to live in Kibera. Get a room here in, in, uh, in Mlango Kuba, I'll I'll be paying the rent for you, 1,700 shillings. That's a breakthrough. From 200, 
Do you know where that was coming from? And then to 1700, that's a breakthrough. There are lights and near the road and, and I wasn't living far with, there with my, my cousin. Then, then I've moved in with my mattress. No sooner had he started paying than also his finances stopped. Oh Lord Jesus. That day I remember walking around and thinking, God, you've forsaken me. <laughs> it was difficult. I think for the last 27 years, 26 years, 27 years actually, my salvation, I think I've never been low than that day. I felt low. I felt bad. And I knew I was not going back to my cousin. I was going somewhere. Our little, our, our little grand, granddaughter, Tina, asked me, Babudi, are you taking me somewhere? Somewhere for her is a good place. So at least let's come out of the house, take us somewhere. So for me, I was thinking I was going somewhere, but I was not going back to my cousin's place. I went that day in church and we were talking with brothers, some two brothers, and he asked me, he asked me, so how is it going? I said, man, I'm believing God for a place to stay. I said, why don't you come stay with us? I'm also hosted by brother so-and-so. Seriously, that's how I ended up going to Babadogo. And that was a drama for two years. The toilet was this deep. And it was deep. And it's a pit latrine, remember, it's outside the gate. And only one person had the key. That mama, you know, was like, you know, you, you see sign, sign, sign written Mbakali. That mama was that, that person. If it came on you at night, you know what I mean. You can't go knock her, her gate. Uh, in fact, uh, her gate, the, only, the only door which had burglary proof was hers. <laughs> was hers. All of you, we are just a, a wooden door. Now she was prosperous because she had the key even to the toilet. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. When it comes, so between 9 and 9.25, tenants will be standing outside. Because 9.30, she locked the gate. So in other words, you're standing outside to go relieve yourself. Because 9.30, she's going to lock the gate until tomorrow morning. I think 5 or 6, 6 in the morning. That was hard. That was difficult. And then you meet with classmates. Huh? Look like they are doing okay. And you are there, you are called by God with your Bible. And a brown Bible, brown cover. Listen, I'm not saying everyone will go through that, but I'm telling you, serving the Lord will cost you. Do you know one of the reasons right there many believers don't count the cost? They are lazy. They are lazy. Christianity is not lazingdom. It's the kingdom. They're lazy. They don't want to. That's why people send prayer requests everywhere. Say, I send prayer requests where? To that ministry, to that ministry, to that ministry. When are you going to pray yourself? Not, nothing wrong with prayer requests. You understand? But don't, 
don't sambaza them. You need to pray. Many believers, listen, many believers want someone to fix their life. No one can accept Jesus. You better know how to seek him. And listen to this, it will cost you. I'm for helping people. I do. I, I don't know how many people I've sat with for the last 20 plus years in helping them. But listen to this. God will fix your life if you seek him. It will cost you. Following the Lord will cost you. Many believers in Christ are not willing to pay the price. Their unwillingness removes them from God's purposes. Don't everything easy. There's no easy Christianity. You're facing the devil, church. You're facing the devil. Youth, there's no easy life. Not so. You have to work hard. But listen to this. You have to believe God in whatever you do. You have to prioritize him. I'm going to make a strong statement of such believers. Because they are of their, their unwillingness, they are actually of little or of no use for the kingdom. They are actually of little or of no use for the kingdom. You say that, I can say that. Yes, I can, I can read a scripture, but I'm not going there in 2 Timothy chapter 2. I think it's verse 20, it says, in a great house. In a great house. They're not only vessels of gold or silver, but also of clay. For, some for noble use and some, I don't know how much you'll use. <laughs> but go check out in your own time. I'm not going to go there because of the time that I have. The unwillingness to pay the price. Let's go to Matthew 4. I think, no, no, no. Uh, I think I'm, Matthew 10. Let's go to Matthew 10, verse 34. And I'll say something here. As a believer, your attitude in walking the, in the purposes of God is whatever the cost, Lord, I'm ready to pay that I may walk with you. That should be your attitude. Whatever the cost, Lord, I'm willing. I'm willing. Now I know there are really cool things nowadays, cool ups nowadays. You can't even place there and you'll be read it, the, the, the app reads the Bible for you. But I'm telling you, you won't get much. It encourage you to sleep at least eight hours. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay, eight hours. I have a watch over here when I sleep uh, at least Monday morning. I sleep Sunday night, waking up Monday, I sleep for eight hours. And then it congratulates me. It really does. He said, Davis, this time we slept for eight hours. That's how you're supposed to do. I'm not saying that you have sleepless nights. You understand that? But listen, seeking will cost you. Sleep for eight hours. That's wonderful. In fact, this, this week we took a, a break, you know, just celebrate our 20th anniversary. And I was, we were tired. We got into a place we were staying and we slept in the afternoon. From, I think from 1 to 4 p.m. in the afternoon. I thought, when was the last time I slept in the afternoon? Undisturbed. Felt man, like little heaven over there. 
I told Gina, I'm, I'm actually I'm waking up because I'm hungry. I could have continued sleeping. Now, the following, when I woke up in the morning, uh, my watch congratulated me. You slept for eight hours. That's how it's done, Davis. <laughs> Seriously, he exactly said that. That's how it's done, Davis. I said, what? I'm not going to, my life is, I, I tell you, know, my life is not going to be dictated by a watch. It doesn't know my life. Is it going to feed me for eight hours? <laughs> there are times that it's quiet when people are asleep. That you meditate, you pray, you ponder, you hear the purposes of God. As time we're snoring, youth, during this time, holiday, it's not to sleep for 10 hours. Wake up early. Help your parents. And listen to this. And take some time just to pray and listen to the Lord. It will be wonderful. You'll enjoy it. Are we in Matthew 10, 24? The unwilling to pay the price says, dude, do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. You say, what? I thought that was prince of peace. Yeah, that's what, listen to what he says. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. And then he says this, for I've come to set a man against his father, a daughter against a mother, and a daughter-in-law against a mother-in-law. You may be saying like, that I knew, that's, the, that's why we've had problem with my mother-in-law. No, 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 no. no. Follow the context. Don't, don't, don't go home causing problems. Listen to what he says. He's talking still about willingness to pay the price. And he says this, and a man's enemies will be those of his own household. Let's go further. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worth of me. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worth of me. Before Tina was, Jesus was. So listen to this. If I love her, more than Jesus, we are in there for failure. Jesus comes first. And she says it, when I get into the presence of God, I'm more kind to her. You get the heart of God. You hear that, husbands? If you're ever agitated, you need to get into the presence of God. You'll know the, the greater love. She, she actually says that. And when I'm get, getting agitated more and more, I realize I need to go into the presence of her. She's not the problem. I need to take some time in prayer and in the world. Maybe think like your wife drives you that crazy. No, she, drives, she doesn't drive me crazy. I go into the presence of God. Okay. Thank you for your enthusiasm. I tell you my own. You fill the gaps <laughs> concerning your own home. Now look at this. You, you love, what does that deal with? Uh, is it dealing with? It's dealing also with priority. It will cost you. Right now, even I'm, be, I'm reading a book of a certain former Muslim. They give their life to Christ. People, their own brothers want to kill them. They say, oh, I'm going to stay with my family. No, he'll go to hell. But listen, they give their life to Christ and their own family members want to kill them. What is that? For the love of Christ is priority, not any other person. And then he says this, and he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worth of me. Fill the blanks. Let's go to the next one, please, verse 13. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. What is cross? It was his sufferings. 
what his cross was. Pay the price. What was his cross? It cost him something. It cost his life to do the will of the Father. I'm not saying we're going to suffer like he suffered. No, that castle is broken. But listen to this, following him will cost you. You have to be willing to go through the process. Many people are not willing to go through the process. You correct them once and they are gone. I was corrected in that church by Anash. I'm not going back. If that runs you out of church, really, what about the devil? What will you do the devil? Listen, we are, we are the army of the Lord. We are called to serve the Lord. Okay. Matthew 16, quickly, 24, 27. Jesus said this to his disciples. If anyone desires to come after me, anyone who desires? Anyone? Listen to this. Let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. You see, remember the cross again? Whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come into the glory of his Father's angels and then will have what? He will reward each one according to his works. I'll be speaking about this. It's a reward system of God. But many people, hindrances to serving the Lord, first they pursue material things or earthly possessions than God. Second is, is uh, their unwillingness to pay the price. And the second is their priorities are wrong. And thirdly is their unwillingness to pay the price. In 2 Timothy 3.12, Apostle Paul says this by the Spirit, yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer what? You think everyone will be holding you and say, praise God. I had, I had Brother Kenneth Copeland many years ago, maybe 1999, 1999, a message in 1999, that he, he went, he was in a, let me use our word here, the word we use, like in a supermarket, and there's a certain man who came to him and told him this, Oh, you're as ugly in person as you are on television. Can you imagine that? You're as ugly in person as you are te on television. Brother Copeland said, I don't care. I don't care. Can you imagine someone in the supermarket telling you you're ugly? Some of you cry, oh God, I quit. I quit, God. I'm not going to serve you anymore. <laughs> People should, should, I came to save the world. No, you didn't. Jesus did. If you want everyone to love you, you've disqualified yourself from being a believer. Because Jesus was not loved by everyone and is not loved by everyone. 
I came to choir and they didn't tell me I have a nice dress. Do they do that, Carol? <laughs> so what? They didn't even notice my hair. What has that to do with singing? If we notice, we notice. If we don't, move on. <laughs> hey, hey, church. I'm telling you, it will cost you now. I'm not saying that you go around now, you're anticipating persecution. He's saying this. Yes, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer what? Persecution. Listen to easy to read version. It says, it's not only me. Easy to read version. It says this. Let's see over here. If you don't have it there, I'm going to read it. It's not only me. Every Christian who wants to live in a way that pleases God will have trouble from other people. I thought you were going to say, Amen, Pastor. That one you don't like. Listen to this. Everyone wants to live showing true devotion to God in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. I think I have easy. It's, it's not only me. Every Christian who wants to live in a way that pleases God will have trouble from other people. You'll have. And people won't like you. Because you don't compromise like them. Listen to this church. You need to understand. The serving the Lord is going against the will of the devil. Therefore, he will anoint people with his anointing, quote unquote, to resist you. You will be persecuted for your faith. I remember one time we were working, uh, I was in a shopping mall with a dinner. That's the first ma ever, ever, ever to, 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 to refuse for me to pray for him. A shopping mall, can you imagine? He was... He was, he was going towards the vehicle. Did you see him on your inside? He was going towards the vehicle. He was ailing. And, and the driver was waiting for him. And I could tell. He was in agony. And I, I went to him and said, excuse me, sir, how are you? Fine. Can I pray for you? No. I said, this is the last time I'm going to ask for anyone to pray for. Did it matter? Do, do, do you think I felt good? No, I didn't feel good. No one has ever told me that. I mean, I've prayed even Muslims say, can I pray for you? Yeah, pray for me. But this man said, no. I thought, okay, Lord. You know, you don't say now, let him die. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Now I said, oh, praise God, hallelujah. Oh, Father, bless him. But I sensed, I didn't say that, that's what the Lord told me, but I sensed like, uh, he, was so, he looked like from a, uh, being a wealthy person, he had lost so much weight and all that. I, I felt like he was so conscious of himself that he didn't want to attract attention. I could tell that disease had really eaten him up. Perfect. That's fine. I'm going to say, I'll never pray for anyone. I show more. I remember a certain lady one time uh, at Saris Center many years ago. She was in front of me. The way she was dressed, I know what she was after during the day. And then she looked at me and she, she turned. She had some little things. She turned and she said, can you pray for me? I said, no. I, I, I don't know. I've never answered someone that, no. I said, okay. And she paid. And then I said, uh, wait for me out there. I've, I want to tell you someone who paid everything for you. Okay, okay. So we, I came out, and I said, uh, 
I want to talk to you about Jesus. Uh, he paid the price for you. Everything you'll ever need in life. I said, I know Jesus. Say, lady, you don't know Jesus. That's the first ever confrontational evangelism I've ever done. <laughs> Serious. I said, lady, you don't know Jesus. I know what you're after. If you knew him, you couldn't be doing what you're doing. There's a shopping mall. I could tell what he was after, she was after. I said, no, 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 I know him. I'm a Catholic. I said, no, lady, you don't. And she left me. But I had an opportunity to confront. <laughs> that is called confrontational evangelism. Galatians 2.20, finally, brethren. <laughs> Galatians 2.20. Now listen to this, church. Why you have to be willing to pay the price. You know why people are being sold for water, a seed of 300 shillings and send water, a bottle of water, a cloth, send a, a seed of a thousand. This is a white cloth that apostle has laid hands on. Do you know why they're doing that? Because many Christians are lazy. They don't want to pay the price. They don't want to see God. They want someone to fix their lives. And they'll have plenty to say, yeah, this water. This water has come from Israel. The, the angel of the Lord appeared to me when I was in Israel. That guy has never left the, play, the, 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 the city. Huh? And then if, we, if he realizes that he said when I was in Israel and he hasn't left this, the town, he thinks in a dream. I was in, I was in Israel in a dream. I mean... Listen to this. That, that makes Christianity look cheap to believers. And the ones who empower such preachers are lazy Christians. They don't want to seek the Lord. Oh my goodness. They're on television. Nowadays they are free to wear televisions everywhere. And say, amen, 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 amen. Riso, 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 riso. What is that? What has that to do with anything? <laughs> I don't know what riso means. I, I, I mean, in, uh, I went to Western in 1997 preaching. I think that was my first time. And, 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 and you pray and you make Father in the name of Jesus. They were among actually uh, our dear friends, uh, Quakers. That's where we we're going to preach. Now we pray, no, Father in the name of Jesus. And we tunafunga kila pepo, alafunaskia riso. I said, what? Man. What's that riso? <laughs> Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. I've been crucified with Christ. Remember, talk about the cross. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live. But Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I'm his. I'm going for his purposes. I live by his faith. Nothing else. That's fulfillment, church. There he was. Don't let the treasures or the, the earthly possessions 
lead you away from Christ. Secondly, check out your priorities. You'll always have an excuse. The devil will always have an excuse of not serving the Lord, of not seeking him, of not walking in his purposes. And thirdly, whatever the cost, follow him. I'm not talking about popularity. You will not be popular. It will not be popular with so many people of your decision. But listen to this. If you know that's what the Lord has told you to do, do it. Don't wait for another day. Be willing to pay the price. Be willing to pursue him, whatever the cost. It's worth it. It's worth it. Oh, I'm so thankful. <laughs> I really am so thankful. I pursued the Lord. I am so thankful. Oh, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Really grateful. I've thought about so many things and I, I lie down and I think, Lord, if you aren't my priority, if anything of this world was what brings me joy, I could have been miserable. I could have been miserable. But I'm so thankful that I, God spoke to me early in life and I pursued that. I saw people who refused to pay the price and pursue the Lord. I saw others. There's a, there's a, a man in the Bible called Demas. Demas was, a, an, a, was with, 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 a, with Apostle Paul. Can you imagine? Let's read just that one scripture so that you stay away from Demas. Please. Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 10. Are you able to go there? Please see. I think it should be Second Timothy 4. Because in, in, uh, in Colossians 4, 14, I think, he's, he's, he's with, with Luke. I think Luke the physician and Demas. But later on, Demas decided to go his own way. Uh, just be aware of Demas. Are you going to get it or do I go into mine? Second Timothy 4, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's start from verse 11, please. I'm winding up. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he's useful to me for ministry. Look at, no, no, no. You want to hear? No, no, go back, please, verse 9. Sorry, verse 9. Be diligent to come to me quickly, he's telling Timothy. And then he goes on verse 10. For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world and has departed for Thessalonica. I don't know if there were clubs in Thessalonica that Demas had said. No, he's preaching with Paul and said, there's a club here, brother. I think I'll be back over here. Or is it a strip club? I think I'm, I'm coming back. This is wonderful. Um, I'm not going to continue with Paul. This thing of uh, I live by faith. The faith of the Son of God. And then we don't know even where we're where we going to sleep. We go through the ocean. And then, oh, those Jews want to stone him down. I'm going to that strip club. I'm going back to Thessalonica. For Demas has forsaken me. 
having loved this present world. So you think, can you imagine even the world that was then? What is it that you're looking for? But he departed to Thessalonica. There were some clubs there. Let's do some clubbing in Thessalonica nightclub. And Christians. Anyway. Are you seeing that? That's a backslider. Can you imagine being with an apostle Paul? You may be thinking like, I wish I was with Jesus. I'll never left. Judas Iscariot did. You understand that? Oh, Apostle Paul, he's my apostle. If I could have only, Demas went. Huh? Come on now. Listen to this. Whatever has been revealed to you by the Lord, do it. Stand up on your feet, please. Hallelujah. Well, preach myself happy. Hallelujah. Praise God. Did you receive something? Be aware of Demas. All right? And, and, and just pursue the Lord. Church, just whatever it takes. So I'm going to live for the Lord. Just, start, just lift up your hands and just... Talk to the Lord more. One or two minutes, I want to pray for you. Just that commitment. I want to serve you, Father. I want to serve you. There's no one like him. You've heard things by the Spirit of God. Just, just make some commitments in your heart. There are areas in your life you know that you've been disobedience. Ask him to forgive you. The people that you know, the things that you ought to have been doing, but you haven't done them, just ask him to forgive you. And tell him, Lord, I want to serve you. I want to honor you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for your spirit, the work of your spirit and the lives of your people. That grip of cares of this life and of earthly possessions Tell the Lord, God, I want to be free. I want you to be fast in my life. My priority. And whatever the cost, Lord, I'm ready. You help me. You strengthen me. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. We praise you. Thank you, Father. Father, in the name of Jesus, I've shared the word. As you've been ministering to me to minister to your people, so shall your word be that goes out of your mouth. It shall not return to you void, but it will have accomplish what you sent it for and 
prosper in the thing for which you sent. You sent it. So Father, I've spoken your word by faith. I call it to fruition. It will bear fruit, some 30, some 60, some 100 for. Thank you, Father, for a shift, a shift in the lives of your people. I pray for the youth, Father, for young people. I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus as their pastor, to open their eyes and to open their ears to hear you, to know exactly what you have called them to do that they do not have to wonder, but they will know early. They will not have to wonder. Father, thank you for your presence. Thank you for divine alignment, shift, repentance, and willingness to serve you in our generation. I bless your people in the name of Jesus. I say again, Jesus, you are the great shepherd. And they have ears to hear your voice concerning what you've called them to do. And I speak the blessing of God over your hearing. That wandering spirit, I bind in the name of Jesus. I cast you out of God's people. Father, grant your people strength to seek you. Strength to walk in your purposes. Strength to pursue your will for their lives. I praise you, Father, in Jesus' name.